Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10e included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and an 18-month lease. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after 16.25 a month. Credit applied within two bills or canceled early. Your main balance due and limited basic after 6.30.20. Pay $32 per month per line without a pay. DTQ prioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Romy Mag. Welcome to another episode of The Interview with Rome. Today's guest, I have author of Bits and Pieces, the novel Don Hosmer. And we're going to get into a lot of questions. We're going to get to know who is Don. We're going to get to know about the book. We're going to know about a few other things and how we like our coffee and stuff like that. Before, without further ado, we bring on Don. Hey Don, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm great, 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 great. We're going, you know, we've been having fun long before we started this podcast, so we're just going to go ahead and continue with that. So I'll open up. Uh, what's the weather like right now in uh, in Ohio? It is 32 degrees and it's sunny, so it looks like it's warm out, but it's a liar. So it's really cold. I'm hoping. I was watching the forecast this morning, and it's supposed to get into the 60s this weekend. So I, my fingers are crossed. All right. Well, I'm not going to tell you what the temperature is down here in sunny Miami because I don't I don't want the jealousy to start the the podcast. But it is probably in the 80s. I'm to be honest oh, with you. I don't. You, you just keep that to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Short <laughs> shorts weather. Shorts weather out here all oh. all day. But the, but then again, oh. some of the Miamians like to wait until they get 77 degrees to pull out leather jackets. It's <laughs> I find it I find it funny. It's, I mean, I've lived here for let's say 10. It's about 10 years about yeah it's about 10 years living living here and i being from being from virginia originally it's it's pretty it's pretty funny to see folks bring out leather jackets when it gets early 70s late 60s out here yeah yeah because you're used to the cold temperatures it gets a little bit colder in virginia doesn't it yeah yeah for sure like this time of the year no no i'll say january time time frame is when we get our snow I remember being in high school, we would get, you know, we have you know, your Christmas break. We come back for like a week of school and then we'd be out for another week due, due to snow. That's always, you know, it was always reliable, always reliable. So if you got like a really cool game for, for, for Christmas, you and you like wondered if you had time to play it, you definitely did for that week while you were out. Right. Yeah. As a kid. Def definitely. Don't get those in Miami, I bet. Not exactly. I wonder if you get to. I would. I wonder growing up down here if you get out of school for it being too hot. Probably well, not. Though. They should. They need to get Sundays. Yeah. There. Sun. Yeah. Literally Sundays. That is clever. Yeah. <laughs> that is clever. It's gonna be right, right there. You know. Don, we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and get into it. Let me ask you. So, who is Don Hosmer? How would you describe her to the world? That's a complicated question. Well, I'm a mother of four kids and a wife. I've been married to my husband, Steve, for almost 20 years. I have spent my career in social work and recently, within the past two years, had to quit working because of my Crohn's disease. Oh. So 
it, you know, that's kind of a blessing and a curse because now I can devote more time to writing, which thank goodness I have this time now because I don't know how people who work full time have the time and energy to write and market themselves. So I, I, you know, at first I was sad when I had to leave the workforce, but now I'm like, oh, thank God, because I would not have the time to do everything I needed to do. I'm a lifelong Ohioan. I've lived here my entire life, but I like to travel to other places, and that's pretty much me. All right. Yeah, they have that, what is it, that that amusement park in Ohio is pretty famous. Cedar Point. Yeah, Cedar Point, Cedar Point. Um, I think uh, one of my, um, I know my, my kid lives up in Michigan with her mother, and I'm not sure if they ever, I don't think they've ever been to Cedar Point, but that's something that I definitely wanted to, I would I would always, I would always hear about my, uh, my music partner, Steve Chubbs, he's from, He's from Ohio. He's from Columbus, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. So he he also is an Ohio State fan and Cleveland, not Browns, but Cavaliers fan. And uh, he would always tell me about Cedar Point and how like the, you know, the rides are pretty cool and stuff like that. So that's yeah, something. We actually went this summer, and I hadn't ridden a roller coaster in 20 years. So oh, wow. I'm so nervous about it, but I still love them. They, yeah. It was awesome. Now, I felt for a few days afterwards yeah. I'm like oh wow I didn't know I could throw my back out on a roller coaster <laughs> but I still love them so yeah so you know we were talking earlier about the whole heights thing yeah I'm fine I'm fine with the roller coaster if we I can take a roller coaster from here to the moon and I'd be fine with it you know because it's controlled but right. yeah but that whole being on like the 13th floor and going out on like the the balcony and just sitting there looking over yeah uh, you can miss me with that that's that's not i don't, I don't yeah. i'm i'm not about that life as they say same here <laughs> yeah. no i hate that first hill on a roller coaster though that first one where you're going up so slowly that that one I hate. The but anticipation. That, I'm fine. The, the anticipation, <laughs> the blood running through your head as you're leaning back, and it's like yeah. how bad is how bad is this gonna it's gonna be? Like the I don't know if you and your family have ever visited to Tampa and gone to Busch Gardens Tampa, but they have this ride called the Shikra Shikra spelled yeah. You, we'll figure out the pronunciation, the exact pronunciation later. But from the top, you can see the entire the entire city of Tampa. Uh. And it's like, yeah, it's and it it feels just just how it looks when you're when you're going down on on that particular roller coaster. But it's but it's fun though. It's fun. It does. It's not as popular that that park compared to the likes of of course Disney World and and Universal. Right. Like, but so what that means is that you don't have to wait in line, but so long you don't really have to buy like a fast pass for those rides because no one's really going there anymore. I don't know how long they're gonna stay in business, but it's. For I mean, for now, it's good that there's a that 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 there's not that it's not a line, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I'll need to do that if, if we make it down that way again. Yeah, I that think that be, I think it'll be great, and you guys can go see the Tampa Bay Lightning play the you know the Blue Jacket. I wonder who would win. Yeah, I don't. I wonder who would be in the audience. That's the question. Um, <laughs> that's the better the better the better question. Me and my family. Yeah. And, and, and that's and like and like we had talked, you know, like we had mentioned earlier, like it's just you don't you're not going to expect an area that is predominantly sunny to be about hockey. So, no. it, but I mean, it's 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 good it's good to get out there, you know, just like watch watch them on ice. I love I love the game of hockey. Like I it took me to play it took it took me to play 
like hockey in a video game to understand how great the get like the game is like the whole strategy of it like how hard it is and how fast they're moving for one you know and i think i I just i just love it i love this like the way they how hard it is to score rather like for that in in soccer no soccer and hockey don't get enough credit for how hard it takes to you know to to get a score to get a goal and how everybody has to be on the same page to do it you know exactly you talk about teamwork. Yeah, and as we ramble about random stuff from roller coasters to hockey, I'll get us <laughs> I'll get us back back on with uh, with the focus on on you as much as you love to talk about yourself as you mentioned. <laughs> but um, so talk about hockey and roller coasters, we're good. Yeah, exactly. But no, but why did you start writing? What made what what led you to start writing? Um, I think even from a young age, I could always express myself better in writing and writing was always a way to figure out how I felt about something. I'm an overthinker by nature so if I can pour out all the thoughts rambling through my head and then sift through them I think it helps me figure out and gain clarity on how I feel and I think as an adult um, I, I have depression and anxiety and I write pretty dark things and just recently I realized that I think I do that as a way to process some of the things I'm anxious about Uh or the things that scare me about the world. It's a way to dump it out of me so that I'm not holding on to it. And like I said, I'm an overthinker. So when I hear about a horrible tragedy that's happened to somebody, I always, the first question that goes through my mind is, what if that were me? So all of my writing stems from the question, what if? Like, in trying to empathize and put myself in someone else's shoes. Okay. So I think, you know, make sense of the world and give me a place to dump some of the thoughts that run through my head. And, and inspire the rest of us, right, to do the same. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so your uh, your first novel, B- Bits and Pieces, what is the, I would say, the synopsis of this novel? Um, it is about a woman named Tessa. She was born with a gift, so to speak, although most of her life she felt like it was more of a curse. She would she picks up pieces of other people through touch, and she'll get a flash of color that will tell her that she's gained something new from them. And that's the only, whatever she picks up doesn't manifest instantly. So if she gets a red flash, it's pain. If she gets a yellow flash, she knows she picked up a glimpse of that person's future. Purple, she's picked up some kind of skill or talent. Blue, she's picked up a pleasant memory. And orange, a painful memory. And it's hard for her because as she goes through life, she's picked up so many pieces of other people that she doesn't even know who she really is anymore. And she tends to isolate to to compensate, protect herself. Well, she goes to therapy and, you know, therapists with the best of intentions tell her, oh, get out in the world, get to know people, we need other people. And so she joins in a search for a local missing college student and has a flashlight she's never had before. It's like lightning and going through her body. And along with that flash, she get she has memories of the brutal murders of five women and a madman takes over her mind and gives her cravings to kill so she tries to find the killer before she completely loses herself 
and to try to help save the next victim. All right, that's a, that's a dark superhero right there. Is what it sounds like to exactly. me. <laughs> no, it's that's a that's an awesome concept though. Seriously, and so so listeners definitely be sure to check out you know that book bits and pieces to find out about T- Tessa and and how and, and and what happens with the you know these this, these folks that she's going to, you know to help out and yeah that's that, that's awesome. So why did you choose Tessa as the name for that for this character? When I, whenever I start to write, I, I don't, like, plot ahead of time. I just let ideas, I, like, I usually start with one character and one plot idea, and then just let the words flow. And from the get-go, I just knew her name would be Tessa. And I had originally had some backstory about her name in the book, but I ended up cutting that out. I liked the meaning of her name. Tessa means harvester. And the other cool thing about Tessa is it's asset spelled backwards. Her parents had her later in life. And I think from the get-go, she was kind of, they knew she was different. Because all of her siblings and her parents, they start with the letter C, their names. And so the fact that they named her Tessa, when everybody else's name starts with a C, kind of was a signal that something was different about her. So I just liked the name, I liked the meaning, and I liked that it made her a bit different from the rest of her family. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, I want to let you know that you just taught me something that Tessa is acid spelled backwards. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, you live, I'd say for me, I lived 33 years and never thought of spelling, you know, that Tessa spelled backwards is acid. That's, that's, a clever, that's a clever name and a clever meaning to, you know, for to have for you for your kid you know it gives you it gives your name a whole another you know light in, in, in a sense let's see so what made you believe you could be an author i didn't ever think to ask why i could like if i i guess i always had the opinion that if anyone could why couldn't i one i've always been wordy you can ask anyone in my life so <laughs> i like words and i'm good with grammar and spelling and I've always been an avid reader as well so I I guess you know reading through the years I've never just read a book like oh I'm going to sit down and enjoy this book what I do enjoy books but I also always analyze what I'm reading like oh well how did how did the author tell this story and I think so while I didn't go to school for writing you know I schooled myself by reading Mm -hmm. so i think the easiest answer is maybe i was too stubborn to realize i couldn't be an author that goes hand in hand with my my statement that i have for myself i'm too stubborn to fail and it's it's so funny i think that the answer you gave i think is the most motivational thing i never said why i couldn't you know what i mean like a lot of people tend to use the word like anybody knows me i i i hate the word can't and that stems from like I was watching this Will Smith Words of Wisdoms video somebody put together on YouTube and I never thought about this but he was like never use the word can't it was like he that says you can't and he that says you can't are usually both right and it just like a like a light bulb went off when I heard that I was like yeah I'm never using that word again and like it limits us you know it limits our ability and that's why I try to, you know, just explain. I become annoying to some that that like that tend to use the word "can't" all the, you know, all the time. But I'm like, yeah, it's not that you can't. It's that either you, you know, we probably you shouldn't, 
you won't, you know, you, you know, you don't, but it's not, it's not can't, but you know. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy always to have that attitude because I, especially like as my illness has gotten worse, uh -huh. I think physically there are things I can't do that I would like to do. And so it's a fine line of balancing like my stubbornness with my physical reality. Uh -huh. So, but that's, like I said, it's a balance and it's something I'm learning to do over time. So, so Doug, where did you grow up? Like what high school you went to? What were you like in high school? Were you one of the popular kids? Were you, you know, part of debate teams? I grew up in Lancaster, Ohio, which is a small town southeast of Columbus. Okay. It's, I grew up in the country. Um, lived next door to my grandparents my entire life. There were actually three houses right in a row, my grandparents and then my grandparents' old farmhouse and different aunts and uncles had lived in there with their families throughout the years. My grandfather owned a hundred acre farm and so we'd like to take walks back on his farm and uh, traipse through the countryside. The funny thing is, is while I was raised in the country, I hated being outside. <laughs> I, I hated bugs. I hated being hot. I remember when I was little, I was afraid to take walks at night because I was afraid of the stars. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I, I was not meant to live in the country as a child. But now as an adult, I enjoy the outside. And I, you know, my mom laughed when I used to go camping a lot. She's like, is this the same child that hated the outside and bugs and stars? <laughs> so, yeah, now now I enjoy the outside. In high school, that was so long ago, who can remember? <laughs> I wasn't involved in a lot. I worked from the age of, like, 14. I started babysitting and then always had a job. So I didn't get involved in a lot of activities. And I don't feel like I was ever in a group per se, I feel like I kind of got along with everyone. So I had friends in the popular crowd, I had friends in the not so popular crowd. I, I feel like I just got along with most people. So you're a domesticated teenager basically, domesticated, just stay, you know, you wanted to stay in the house all the time and then you, you came out, eventually came out of your shell. No, that's, uh, that's, no, no seriously, that's really good. I was going to ask you next. Okay, so like, are you intending on writing more books? And if so, like what type of genre will they be? Actually, Bits and Pieces was the second book I wrote, but the first to be published. Um, the next book that will be released is called The End of Echoes, and it should be released sometime this summer. And it was actually the first book I wrote. It's more contemporary fiction, just um, not really suspenseful or anything like bits and pieces is no killers uh, well yeah somebody always dies <laughs> <laughs> that's the common theme i think somebody's always always dies. there it is about a murder and the impact on the family um and there's a little bit of who done it and trying to figure that out but not the same level of suspense that one dives more into the how it psychologically impacted the family. And then the third book I'm currently writing, and like I said, I, I don't plot, so I think it's a psychological thriller. I won't know until I'm done. So I'm about 50,000, 60,000 words into it right now, and I think it's a psychological thriller. We'll see. 
And then eventually I will write a sequel to Bits and Pieces. Um, I started one right after I finished it, and I just needed a break from Tessa. And if you read the book, you'll see why. It's just a very intense book. And I I joked with my publisher before... (laughs) Right when I'm going through the edits with bits and pieces, I said, if I write a sequel right now, the first sentence is going to be Tessa dies. Like, I, I'm going to kill her because like she's it. on my nerves. So I, I needed to take a little break, but eventually I will write a sequel to it. <laughs> yeah, you're like a Game of Thrones writer. You know, it's unpredictable who's going to who's gonna die, you know? Exactly. Yeah, so I'm going to ask one one more thing from a from a job-related per, um, perspective, and then we'll get into some, I uh, will say, some fun stuff. So how was it having a career as a social worker? I loved it, as you and I talked a little bit beforehand I really enjoy people I like getting to know other people's stories I'm I I believe that our job as humans is to help give other people hope and to lift other people up and to make a difference in their lives when we can and even if that's just a smile at somebody who looks like they're having a rough day or a hug or just taking a moment to listen and so I really am passionate about people, um, but on the other hand, because I have so much empathy for people, it was it took a toll physically and mentally, I think. It's very easy to get discouraged. Um, I was a chemical dependency counselor for years, and when you see people relapse and continue to suffer really bad consequences, it, it takes a toll. It, it was hard, but at the same time, when you see that one person make a change, it's it's enough to keep you going for a while. Yeah, because my, my brother, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's a form of social worker. What he does, he goes to different, you know, he got different clients, and he'll go, like, young young kids age ranging from like i don't know maybe eight to 15 and you know trouble you know troubled youth and he'll go in there and just you know you know talk with them be with them and he's another person that that can talk i mean i can talk but that young man can talk you <laughs> under the table <laughs> and, and when he hears this interview i'm sure he's gonna be like oh lord he's you know talking about me yes he knows he can he can talk it our our grandmother's like you know she tries to rush I mean, she rushed both of us, but definitely tries to rush, um, you know, him off the phone. Because again, we'll it will talk, it will talk, it will talk you like it'll talk you <laughs> senseless. But uh, you know, it's a good, you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But you know, it's a some. This is something. Certain funny. qualities that people have. It's, yeah, very. It's very, very funny. I, I want to ask you about. So, uh, like I say, what what led you to wanting to get tested for? Crohn's disease like what symptoms did you have I was actually I was having symptoms and I didn't even realize they were symptoms until my vision started to change like I couldn't focus on things correctly and at the time I worked for a local school district and had to be on the computer a lot and I just noticed my eyesight was changing and so that's what started the process but in addition to that, just extreme pain, a lot of abdominal pain, I, uh, exhaustion. I could not keep food in my body. Like I, I, at that point, had lost so much weight. And so they started me on the process, but any person with autoimmune diseases can probably relate to this. 
it took them over six months to give me a diagnosis. I mean, I heard everything from doctors telling me it was anxiety and that's what was making me sick or it was a migraine. Um, I got tested for MS. I mean, they, it was so much. And to, to get that diagnosis, it's basically a process of elimination. Like, oh, well, you don't have X, Y, and Z, so maybe you have A, B, C. And it's just, it was a very long process and I was so thankful I finally uh, no offense to men but at one point all my doctors were male and I'm like okay nobody is listening to me (laughs) I got got rid of all my male doctors switched to all female doctors and the first time meeting with my new doctor she had never met me before she looked at me and she said you're really sick we're gonna put you in the hospital and until we figure out what's wrong with you. And I was like, oh, thank God. Somebody finally can, like, see that I'm dying here. And so I'm a firm proponent in female physicians. <laughs> From that point on, I'm like, <laughs> go women. Yeah, I, I see. I, I'm, I'm gathering that much right now. Uh, it's so yeah. it's so sexist. It's such a sexist statement. No, no, I, I I get it. I get it. The whole aspect of again us not listening. That that is you know, the 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 Mars versus Venus saga goes on and it goes on and on. You know, you have you have some of the. I'm sure just from from being married. I'm sure you've had that sort of things where you feel like yeah. your husband is not listening, or you know, even or even you know, being a mother, your kids not listening to you. So exactly, it's like what language are we speaking? <laughs> We're speaking completely different languages. Yeah. we need a translator. <laughs> yeah. So, but what's it like living with? Crohn's like uh, I would say on a day-to-day basis like like how do you how do you deal well it's exhausting I think that's the thing that affects me the most um is how tired I am all the time and it does not matter how much sleep I get I can sleep for 24 hours or I can sleep for two hours and I'm never going to feel awake when my disease is in a flare. It's painful with uh, physically and emotionally. Couldn't tell you the last time that I had a pain-free day. Usually my first thought in the morning when my feet, before my feet hit the floor is I hurt. And that takes a toll emotionally because you feel like you don't have control over your life. And, you know, when I do activities, even if it's something really fun and I'm really looking forward to it, like let's say our family takes a week-long vacation, it will take me then three times as long to recover from that fun. And then it just, it's frustrating because I feel like I don't have control over my life. So I may plan to go to lunch with a friend and really be looking forward to it and then have to cancel it. And it's also frustrating having an invisible illness because I I would be a very wealthy woman if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, but you look great. It's like, okay, my outside does not match my inside. If I'm making an effort to be in public, I'm going to put on a happy face and act like I'm okay. But just because I look okay on the outside doesn't mean I am okay. And it's just hard to have a body that hates itself. That yeah, it's like my body does not like itself and wants to destroy itself, and that's difficult. It's time to get into the fun side of Dawn, getting to know Dawn. So I want to start off with what is your perfect cup of coffee? Oh, and I love coffee. Uh, my perfect cup of coffee is 
strong with a lot of creamer. I go through a lot of coffee mate. Unflavored. I don't like the flavored stuff. But yeah, people always joke, you need a little coffee with your cream there. Yeah, and if it's in one of my favorite mugs, that makes it even taste better. For me, I'm not much of a coffee drinker myself, but when I do drink coffee, you know, it sounds like the Dos Equis commercial, but I have the, I would say, French vanilla latte that they have. It's like a machine that we have on base at the shop at. And it, yeah, it just, it, it has, you know, the different type of flavors uh, for, yeah. for coffee and French, yeah, French van- vanilla latte. It's like, it, it, it smells amazing, tastes amazing to, um, to me, but I'm, yeah, I'm not really big on, um, like, I, I don't have to, like, you know how some people just have to have, don't talk to me until I have my coffee. I, yeah. For me, it's don't talk to me until I ha- until it's 12 o'clock anyway, because well, wh- <laughs> why are we talking it before 12? Anyway, you know, it's too early for this. Um, I prefer that as well. Like, yeah. let, let me have my coffee and don't talk to me until 12. You know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if you could travel to any destination in the world, where would you go? That's a hard question. Um, I've never been overseas, and so that bucket list item, I'd love to visit so many places overseas, France, Italy, Spain, Germany, you name it. I'd love to just be able to take a couple of months and just travel around. So eventually I will get there. That's the goal. So I know you mentioned in your biography how much you like HGTV. So I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite show on HGTV? I would say it's a tie between Fixer Upper and Hometown. I just like the rapport that the couples have with each other. And, you know, it's more than just fixing up a a house it's like watching their interactions and then of course i like house hunters because people are ridiculous and it's good to just laugh like at people's reactions and budgets that they have when they like some of these budgets people have and they're like a part-time i don't know weaver or something and i'm like how how can you afford a house that's a million and a half dollars come on now (laughs) Those are my three favorites. Okay. What's the best place to to nap in your house? Um, My bed. I've got a sleep number bed. (laughs) It's perfect. Oh, wow. (laughs) So who would you say is your biggest supporter? Lifelong supporter would be my mom. She has always believed in me, and she's like the true picture of unconditional love. And then I would say my husband especially in terms of my writing because he's seen me go through the whole process of trying to get an agent and a publisher and crying and saying I quit this is pointless and he's always encouraged me like no this is what you're meant to do keep writing keep trying my kids in their own way are my biggest supporters um especially now three of them are adults now and so it's been nice to have that adult relationship with them and they are so encouraging and supporting now and then i have a i saw a group of friends in real life that um are my constant cheerleaders and then i have to give a shout out to the uh, writing community on twitter because they have really helped me in the last year i joined twitter about a year ago and i've met some amazing people that have become very good friends and they just cheer me on they celebrate my successes they give me faith in my work i'd say between those four i've got a 
pretty solid base of people that I can count on. All right, cool. Well, we'll go to the other side of things. And uh, who is your biggest hater? <laughs> That's to be determined. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know if any if I have a hater. Um, but I'm sure time will tell. I'm yeah, sure if a hater time will reveal. Will come out of the woodwork. <laughs> time will definitely reveal who. Who are who are the haters of the world? Exactly. Of course, you said you uh, you said it's been what 20, 20 years for you, almost twenty years for you and your husband being married. So how did you realize that he was the one? Funny story. We're a blended family, so this is a second marriage for both of us. Okay. And our older kids were very young when we got together. So my son was two, and his daughters were three and five and I always joke that he used the kids to suck me in. Even I worked together and we were very good friends and then he brought these darling little girls in and I just yeah. I fell in love. He knew my weakness. <laughs> but I I feel like it was just meant to be. We we had a very good friendship for about six months before we ever started dating. Um, we had both been through a lot and could relate on that level. And yeah, and then he used the kids to suck me in. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. So, what are some of the challenges of motherhood for you? Well, I have a son that is 12, and he says preteen and teenage years. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, I can't even survive, believe I survived it three times already because I just look at him and I'm like, what demon has possessed my sweet <laughs> child? Where did he go? So that's definitely the biggest challenge. And then I, I think to um, letting them grow and letting them go and spread their wings. Our daughter lives in Long Beach, California right now. Um, I have a son in D.C., and so it's hard for them to be gone and out on their own. Um, and then I mentioned I'm an anxious person. So, of course, that fear and anxiety that comes with being a parent, worry. <laughs> I just worry all the time. Natural. That's natural for, a, for I would say, a mo mother. But even, even just parents alone. Well, of course, you've already gone through this. But I'm about to have a 15-year-old daughter. Oh. So it's like... Seeing your kid go from us playing at Chuck E. Cheese and like getting as many tokens as possible to play and then to her getting her nails done and her wanting yeah. to order hair and like getting different clothes. It's like, yeah, where does where does time go? This individual is starting to shape out and she's, uh, she's taller than her mother and even taller than her uncle for that matter. My, my, my brother's fairly uh, fairly short. But it, yeah, it's just the transformation process. It's like almost surreal. Like, cause I don't feel like, uh, like when I look in the in the mirror, I don't feel like I've aged. But this 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 you know this kid is, right. is she's becoming a young woman. So it's like wow, like where um you, you you where does time go? Is where where you have to ask, you yeah. know, ask yourself all the time where where does time go? And just know that. You're trying to do your do your best to make sure that she's able to survive in this world on her own because again, there's three years from being 18 and being actually legal. So it's like for me, right. I want to make sure that my daughter understands the pressures of the world and how to deal with them when she gets out there. Know that her parents are there for, her, but being being able to 
exist on her own, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's a, you know, having the three older kids, I mean, it's, I'm so proud of all of them and seeing the paths they've chosen and the decisions they make. But it's still, you know, it's just scary because things happen and things go wrong and you, you do, you question, like, did I give you what you need to be able to do life? and do it successfully and yeah and people complain about having babies and toddlers and I'm like oh my gosh they're so easy <laughs> they love you they they just want to cuddle they want to hug they want to play I mean oh yeah, they want to be. A, they want to be around. They want to be around you. Yeah, I'll say that. Exactly. Yeah. They like you. So, which of your which of your kids are would you say is most like you? The poor things. They all have some of my qualities. <laughs> Let's hope it's some of the good ones. My oldest son, he is he is probably the most like me, or at least the most like I was at his age. He's got some of my stubbornness and being opinionated and very big moral compass of what's fair and unfair and that everything should just be just and fair in the world. Bit of sarcasm and very driven. So I'd say he's the most like me, but then when I look at all of my kids, they all have a lot of pieces of me. And it's interesting to see how that happens. Like, you know, like my the second oldest daughter, she she's a planner like I am. She loves her calendars and making to-do lists and just being kind of in control of her environment. And she's an overthinker like I am, but she's also got that kindness and that understanding of other people. You know, my youngest son, he's got my soft heart, like even though he's a snarky teenager right now and very sarcastic, he still is very compassionate and tender-hearted. You know, it's like, it's so I can relate to him on that level. And then our oldest daughter, she's an overthinker like I am, very driven. She's got kind of a hard exterior, but a huge heart, you know, like she, she protects herself behind her walls. But jelly bean, a jelly bean. That's what we call the je a jelly bean right there, you know, hard exterior yeah. and very... Very soft on the inside, you know, and just uh, exactly. very, very protective. You hate me even saying that, but, yeah. <laughs> but I know the truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what, what are, what are five of your favorite books? The Hate You Give. Have you read that? Uh, Thomas. I've seen the movie and I cried. I'll tell you that I cried. Yeah. I cried seeing yeah. it. Yeah, a good friend of mine. She read the book, and yeah, yeah, she told me. She told me about it. So yeah, I, I'm That's aware of it. Oh, it was powerful. That's one I think every single person should read. Leaving Time by Jodie Picoult's another one. Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. I Know This Much Is True by Wally Lamb. And then a more technical writing book that is just brilliant is Bird by Bird by Anne Lamont. Okay. All right. So... Hard to choose just five. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite author? Jody Picoult, definitely. She is just brilliant with her words and her storytelling. I'm usually a really, really fast reader, but her books I force myself to read slowly because she's just brilliant. And I love the way she phrases things and. So, yeah, she by far is my favorite. Who would you have play the leading role in Bits and Pieces if it were to become a motion picture, dead or alive? Ooh, wow. I'd say Jennifer Lawrence. 
Wow. Because she I like is that. just amazing, and I, I think she'd do a great job. I like that choice. Yeah, yeah, she definitely... I, I love her work. Yeah, Hunger Games, she did great. The worst um, X-Men, she did great. But that movie where it was like, I think it was based on a true story. They were like all a part of like selling drugs or something. And they had like that 70s fashion. I forget the name of it, but it was it was her. It was Bradley Cooper. It was Amy Adams. Barrel. No, I don't think it was that. It was they, they had they had a lot of like 70s is like disco fashion. It was like it was like the, the fashion for the movie alone is just amazing. Like whoever styled that movie was just it, ca it captured that time frame. I, w I wish I could remember it. It came out in 2013, 2013, 2014 uh, time time frame. I, I need to look that one up. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, I think you'd love it. I think you'd love it if you if you saw that. So yeah, so interesting though, Jen Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, so what would you go back and say to seventeen year old you? Ugh, make better choices. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to invest in myself instead of relationships and to have some belief in myself. I think, I mean, I, I, I just, as I said, I'm on a second marriage. And, I, and my first husband and I got together when we were like, I was 17 and we dated all through college. And then we got married at 22 just because it was the next thing we were supposed to do. And right. I, I just... I wouldn't recommend getting into that serious of a relationship at that young. I just think it's destined to fail. So, yeah, yeah make yeah. better choices. Yeah, well, hope you, hopefully you kids are. Advice. Yeah, hopefully you kids are listening to that right there. So yeah. you know, definitely don't rush, don't rush into it. So who is your celebrity crush? The Rock, because uh, he's amazing. Yeah, he he his roles are just killer. Like. I feel like it shows his personality, and he seems like a down-to-earth person as well. So yeah. The Rock. Well, I'm going to I'm going to tamper into that whole thing with the rocks and his roles real quick with you because it's so funny. We talk about this all the time at work. He all action films. Yeah, I feel like his his all his action films are roughly the same. He he always has a family to save. He he's always running. And let's see, always shiny too. Of course, that's that's a, that's that's for the for the ladies, of course. <laughs> but uh, like, I we, I don't know. What did you think of that when he played Hercules? I didn't. I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't care too much for his role in Hercules. I you well that's one movie you won't really care too much for doom and hercules are probably the rock's worst films that at least for my for, for me as a fan I'm a, I'm a big fan of the rock myself uh from even just the wrestling days like being being right. an, being an avid wrestling fan of i would say retro wrestling fan not not so much of the current but just the golden era like the you know the hogan eat your uh, eat your vitamins say your prayers days yeah. that, that was that was um you know that was, that was my childhood right right there but yeah like the rocks movies they yeah they tend to roughly be like the like the same and stuff but i mean he pulls it off like the, the, for instance like san andreas what is it san andreas skyscraper and yeah they're all they all run together from to at exactly least at least to me yes. yeah it seems like yeah he's, he's being typecasted a little bit but i liked him and i really did like him in the game plan i thought the game plan was pretty pretty good i don't know if you've yeah. seen that one but uh yeah the game plan was 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 really good um him you know going back to his early roles starting in like be cool and 
and them having him play like uh, I would say what a homosexual character. It was funny, you know. It's, it's different. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's getting his feet wet in Hollywood, and but he's tearing the game up now. If he's, he, I think he's top gross. I think he's top gross actor in in Hollywood right now. So I think that's. Uh, oh, did you watch Jumanji? Yeah, yeah. Well, Jumanji was good. Jumanji was good. So I'll, I'll give I'll yeah. give him that much credit. Jumanji was good. Pain and Gain was 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 great. I'm sure ladies really like Pain and Gain for both Mark Wahlberg and and you know and oh, the Rock. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are you guys are horrible. You guys are animals. You know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they know what what sucks the ladies in. Yeah. They, they just cater to that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's uh, so that's great. The Rock and 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 how does your husband feel about that? Um, you know, actually. I, we've been together all this time, and I think it just came up, like, in the last year. Like, and so now he teases me. He's like, if he wants to get me to watch something, he's like, The Rock's in it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah let's go. <laughs> so he uses it to his advantage. That's great. I was like, oh, honey, I want to go see The Avengers. You know The Rock is starring, and he's Captain America. That's great. That's cool. <laughs> exactly. Gets me to watch it. Movies I normally wouldn't choose. <laughs> like we got, like they got Aladdin coming out this summer. The Rock is playing Jafar. I know we'll check that out. That'd be cool. So, so what's the? I would say what's the hardest part of your creative process? I know you said you got times where you were frustrated and wanted to quit. I doing this podcast thing can relate to that. But for for you, what was the? What's the hardest part of your creative process? Other than that rejection from agents and just trying to get published. I would say overcoming the self-doubt and ignoring the voices in my head telling me I have no idea what I'm doing, which I think every writer struggles with. And that's probably one of the most helpful things about being on Twitter and part of the writing community is realizing that we all have those voices that tell us just quit. Like, who are you to write a book? Nobody cares what you have to say. And just realizing that, hey, every single writer goes through this, so just tell those voices to shut up and keep writing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the hardest part. So what type of music do you listen to? I'm a big music fan across the board. Doesn't even matter the genre. So I'm inter- I'm very interested to know what to, what type what type of music that you're that you're into. Um, I really like everything except country. I wow. and there's a couple of country oh my songs God. I even like. I think I can but, change your mind on that with one song in particular as Better Man Better Man by Little Big Town. That the yeah. They it cap it will capture your soul when you hear that song. That song is great. It's really good. It's a really, really I good song. I just wrote the name down, so check it out. Yeah, little I little little big town you know. Better Man and Carrie Underwood or Randy Travis, I told you so. Those those two songs in particular, like like of the of the country music that I have listened to in my life, those two songs uh, st- uh, stick out the most to me. I will I will give those a listen. I mean, I do. There's a few by Kenny Chesney I like. Yeah. And Carrie Underwood. Oh, Carrie's great. But, Carrie's yeah, really good. My my kids tease me because I you know have this collection of songs that i keep on a flash drive for my vehicle and it's the same songs i probably listened to for the past 20 years i'm like okay can you make a new playlist nope not at all they're they're probably timeless run them down run them down for me what is on this flash drive i must i must know Uh, there's some 
Green Day, there's some Elvis Costello, David Bowie, Simple Plan, I should know it by heart. It's just such a variety, and it goes Beatles, so Queen, Floyd. Queen is everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything, and that's why I like it. It's an eclectic mixture. Yeah. Queen, yeah, Queen is Queen is everything to me. I was I was crazy excited when I saw that the movie they were finally getting a movie for it, and like it yeah. just made me love it even more. I don't know if you you guys had a chance to go see Bohemian Rhapsody, but they did they did really well. They did really really good with uh in, with the story with the storyline um for for you know follow, following the group. I that's one on our to watch list. Our since we have. You know, the 12-year-old, a lot of what we watch is determined by his choices. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my husband and I are like, okay, that's one we've got to see. Yeah, so. that yeah, for, for sure, Bohemian Rhapsody is, is one that you definitely want to see. Being being your um, a, a music fan as, as well. So what would be, who would you say is your favorite music artist, if you can even narrow it down to one? I, if I had to choose, I'd say David Bowie, just because I think he was, a brilliant musician and songwriter. It's a visual I artist. Concert several times. Yeah, just easy. Think- he provided a great visual to his music. You know, like with his his artistry, the way the you know his uh, his, st- his style. You know, his style was just uh, phenomenal, and just the impact that he had on music itself, breaking a lot of barriers. He and Prince. Like, I feel like they're kind of in the same yeah. category. They both have that same visual aspect and breaking the barriers and, yeah. Yeah, androgynous. It, 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 like, the androgynous look yeah. to them. And it, and it works so well. It's very interesting. Like, had it not been for, I say, uh, folks like David Bowie, and he did that, like, when he went on, he had an MTV interview. I'm pretty sure you remember it. I, I saw it through like uh, it was like CNN, the documentary, like the 80s or whatever. And they were talking about music and he was talking about trying to get like the reason they weren't playing any black artists on MTV. And David Bowie had questioned that. He's like, you guys won't even play, you know, like Michael's got this hit record. You guys won't even play his video on on MTV, and that's how they got into playing. Was it Billy? You know, Billy Jean. I thought that was pretty cool that um, yeah. you know he, he stood up for that. You know, yeah, and he wasn't just all about himself and like, his own career. He was about lifting other people up. Exactly. Need more of that. Yeah. So, um, do you have any tattoos? No, and here's why. When I was a child, my great grandmother had tattoos, and that was back in the day before many people had tattoos and I just remember you know by that time she was old so her tattoos were saggy and gross and so whenever I thought about getting a tattoo I'm like how is this going to look when I'm 80 you know <laughs> like no I don't want a saggy tattoo so yeah none for me yeah would you uh would you allow your teenager to get a uh, a tattoo if he wanted one. Um, one thing I've learned is that they don't care what I have to say when they're teenagers. Um, once they're eighteen, it's their choice um, what they want to do. Yeah. Um, my all all three of our adult kids have tattoos, so I you know I tried to tell my story about my great grandmother, and they just didn't listen. <laughs> so when when 
may have saggy tattoos. I'm just gonna say, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> Go for me. I got my my first tattoo. I got when I was 22 years old. I had a funny story about that. I had an anxiety attack while getting um, my my first tattoo. It was prayer hands with rosary beads, and I didn't even realize that the rosary beads were related to being Catholic. You know, I just I just like the way the design looked right. on my look uh, how it looks on my shoulder. And I'm sitting there and I'm working. It's like you know you just. Cause you worried about how it was gonna feel like that needle in a getting in a, getting a yeah. tattoo, and then it finally hits you, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, it's not so bad. Then it just started to get like really, really hot in there, and I, and I told the, the tattoo guy, I was like, yo, I gotta, I gotta get up. I, was like, I gotta get up, and he's like, no, 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 get up. So they got, so they went and got me a, a soda. They got me a can of Coke. Or whatever to calm, like to uh, give me like a rush so I could calm, like calm the hell down. And that was, my, it was and my and one of my best friends, Ashton. He's sitting across from me. Ashton doesn't have any tattoos, but he's looking at me like freaking out, and like his eyes are priceless. Like watching me sit, <laughs> like sta about to stand up because I'm getting this tattoo. So that's. That's, that's yeah, hilarious. that is a funny. That's a funny story. That it was. It was. You had to be there to see that. Just to see Ashton's face. He was. He looks. He looked scared. He looked definitely afraid of what was about that. Of what was going on at the time. He so could have recorded his reaction. Yeah, I mean, that would have been great. Yeah, it'd been great to have you know phones like smartphones. This is back what 2007. Yeah, so yeah, 2007 been great to have the iPhone whatever number and being able to to do that. But you know, as we as we see now, we were it wasn't that that big that that popular. And um, so speaking of which, what are your thoughts on social media? I think it's necessary in today's world, especially if you need any kind of platform for writing or podcasts or whatever. I found, like I told you earlier, I found some of my dearest friends through social media, and some of them I've never met in real life, but I feel close to them. It helps me to connect with people who've read my book or other writers, but I've also experienced the downside of having people misconstrue something I've said and blowing it way out of proportion. So I think it's good, but you have to be okay with some of the negativity that comes and, yeah. and really um, be strong in the face of some of that. Uh, because like I had one like vicious troll attack and then a bunch of people started attacking me over something really silly. And it, it, it really bothered me for a few days and it gave me some understanding why social media is so hard for kids. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm an adult woman, and why should I care what these people think? Yep. They totally misconstrued what I said. Um, but yeah, I I can see why kids get so hurt by it. Yeah, it it it, it happens that you know that way, and like the best the best thing you do is log off. You know, and they don't they no longer exist, honestly, right. or block them or what what have you. I mean. It's it's yeah. easy. I'll say this. It's easy to talk shit when you know you're when you're not in the same place with that individual. Like, would you say that to me if you were right in my face? You know what I'm saying? Like that. That that's that's where 
I, I, I feel about that whole thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I feel like that trolling stuff or how people talk trash or try to get into, <laughs> I don't know, internet fights. Like, well, we're, why, why, why would I, you know, why would I even like say that, you know, I'm going to knock you out or what have you right. get into that with you because we're over the internet, we're over the internet and you, yeah, chances are we're probably not even going to meet. Exactly. Yeah. And some people, you know, what I see is like, I think some people have an agenda on social media and they look for things to get upset about exactly. and read into things incorrectly. And, you know, my, my motto on social media, as well as I try in life is to just be nice, you know, be kind to each other because it, you know, me interacting with someone on social media, it may be the only interaction that person has in a day with someone in the outside world. And why not use that interaction to lift them up and make their life better? And if I don't have anything nice to say, maybe I just need to not say it. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> I think more people need to learn that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of everybody has an opinion. And yes, you're entitled to have that opinion, but I mean, come on. Yeah. So, so where do you see yourself in five to ten years? Hopefully, still writing. By then, we will be empty nesters. So, and hopefully, by then, one of my older children will have grandkids. Hint, hint. So, it, I would like to do more traveling and then kind of see where the majority of my kids live and perhaps move to that area, especially if there's grandchildren involved. <laughs> So, what's what's one thing you could improve about yourself? Um, let me start the list. No, my health. Yeah, my health, and therefore my weight, exercising more, just taking better care of myself. It's always a goal. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, Don, I gotta tell you, I had the most fun conducting this this interview with with you this morning as well it's been a pleasure learning about you learning about learning about your book you, that we both have a common interest in, that we don't do height that that great no sta- no standing on ledges you know music musically in sync um it's just, it's just been just been awesome but where can your where can your fans find you i'm on twitter at don osmer seven on Instagram at Dawn H71. I have a website, DawnHosmer.com. And then, of course, I'm on like BookBub, Goodreads, Amazon, and Facebook. I'm all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you me. said, the play, you got to have the platform. This, this is what you have to do for the platform of being an author in this in this day and age. You know, we're you know, making sure you have multiple avenues for people to reach you. So, yeah, that's a... Exactly. Yeah, that's that's super awesome. Yeah, well, did you have anything from anything for me? Any questions you might have for me, even being on even being on air that 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 you might have? My one question is, what made you start this podcast? I wanted to have a, a voice, and it's it. You know, how you talk about your your depression and anxiety. I feel yeah. like this was my way of. I guess expressing myself well, naturally I'm like if like I said like I'm not really much of a people person so it's kind of weird that 
you know, like be, be having a podcast and you know talking to just the, talking to the world just about any anything right. and any and everything and being and being an open book. It I I just wanted to have a voice and and be a voice for those who don't have it and just to kind of like inspire others and and get other and, and and have a place where people like yourself can come on and talk about themselves as much as I like you like we said we know you hate talking about yourself <laughs> but it, just having that platform where people can come there and because I've seen places where like, like a lot of a lot of folks won't sh- I would say be I don't, know, I, I don't know be 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 shown like nobody wants to highlight you or like, like they don't be, no one believes in you enough and then they won't right. you know have won't have you on but for me it's just like if you're telling me if you you know if you talk to me and you say like you're you know you're serious about what you do serious about your craft I want to create that platform for you to come on and speak about that and that'll help boost your career or you know where whatever you want to do with it and and in the end that's the that's the reward in it for me being able to help others you know something that's doing do, really just doing something bigger than yourself and that's what i feel like what i'm doing with with having this podcast and trying to help people you know get their no I would say get their sound get their name um and their brands put out there so and i can say i had a a hand in doing that you know exactly that's awesome, and I appreciate that you are doing it, yeah. and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and let me let me talk about myself, even though I hate it. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. Like I, like I said, I like I love I loved it. So like I would I would love for you to come back on for like let's say another another episode somewhere down the line. Let's say for your next book, you know, we'll come up there and we'll just. We'll talk about David Bowie or who, whoever, you know, uh, after we, you know, discuss a little bit of the, um, you know, the ins and outs of, of that particular book that you would be promoting. But that, that'd be, I think that would be awesome. That'd be fun. Well, definitely. I Let's stay in touch and I'd love to. So guys, if you're listening, you know, I had author uh, Don Hosmer on and uh, be sure to um, check out her, her, her book, uh, Bits and Pieces. But uh, from, from Romy Mack, this is the interview with Rome and we're out. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.